0: Just uh, a cold opening. Brr. Sure, uh, just casually speaking.
1: chilly here. You're right.
0: Gosh. Well, uh, did you know, by the way, that according to this piece of paper that I've been handed, that ESPN.com sponsors uh, the show we're doing as we speak? Thanks to them.
1: I did not know that.
0: Well, surely you know they're at the official website of the ESPN channel.
1: Absolutely. Did
0: you know, accordingly, that they're bringing the worldwide leader to the World Wide Web?
1: <laughs> Tell me more.
0: Well, they are loaded with features for True Sports Nuts, such as, let me think here, <laughs> news, um, scores, game recaps, stats, um, player weights is the last one. Those are, those are the things. News scores, game recaps, there's a cadence to this. Player weights... Yeah, I think that's all of them. Thank okay. God. I told you, I'm, we're, if we don't get out all of the copy, then we don't get paid for the show. So just to make sure I hit all of their points. Anyway, um, the website has a very exciting, uh, sprawling uh, extended section on, I guess, the movie Wimbledon was the last thing we were talking about. Uh, it has Kirsten Dunstan and Paul Bettany in it. So, have
1: you seen I have seen I, I've literally seen Wimbledon but not heard it as it was playing on a flight I went stuff to California and did <laughs> not pay for headphones I felt I got the gist of it this is a true story
0: let me, what you missed were sounds that basically went like <laughs> just
1: like okay that. that fills in some
0: gaps <laughs> yeah. um and what else is on here let me just turn the page to the other thing oh a huge thing about how uh, God's team the Pittsburgh Penguins of Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup can you imagine that? Did that happen? It sure did. Oh, okay. And uh, many thanks to all of them. So if you just go to, uh, I think it says, ESPN.com slash C-U-P, and then you can uh, C-U-P. So, uh, yep, yeah, use the offer code GAGS, because it's a special one for you. Uh, Great. This month, or this six-month period. And uh, you'll get... Um, what what do you get for the offer code? I think a free month sure. or free six months, as it were. And that's uh we you can't uh say things at the same time on Skype. But if we were, I'm sure you'd say with me. <laughs> ESPN.com is da 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 da. What's that now? Never mind. I am for sure ready, and I'm very good at this. Okay, how's it going, everybody? Joe Gagne here, along with me, who is uh, Justin Shapiro, and if you're a member of my family, someone went to high school, and you Googled my name, you can't listen to the show. No. I'm asking you not to, and I will cut off all, uh, you know, bandwidth to your connection. To And there's a virus in it, oh, and it's gonna infiltrate everything. Hey Joe. Hey,
1: how you doing? Happy uh, belated birthday.
0: Thank you so much.
1: I have to say, uh, do you view having a birthday in the summer as any kind of advantage? More so when you're a kid because any any toy or book or video game you get, you can spend the day enjoying and not have to waste it in school.
0: I think I liked having it to myself. I don't need to have to go to school on my birthday. Maybe in elementary school they'd do something for you. after that you're on your mm. own.
1: It's pretty much a shrug in the, uh, the third grade non.
0: They say that your birthdays become less meaningful because the ratio of things that you've done up to that point are more vast. And then it's just such a smaller percentage of your life, right? Sounds about right. I can, I can. So what are we doing here? Then? <laughs> We're having fun. Woo. I know I have to apologize to, uh, you, my producer, and then uh, my boss, the Cubs fan. I have been naughty and bad and not been doing the shows. I guess there, I mean it, to explain it to my loyal listeners there's um I was recording some shows every so often and then just no didn't, didn't do any and I suppose there's a practical reason and a more philosophical reason uh the practical reason please understand that uh my computer and surrounding desk has been on fire for the last 7 months and can't reach through the fire to do the show cuz it uh-huh. burned me hands do you understand
1: <laughs> I have some questions here Um, how can a fire be burning that long without spreading or just burning your desk to cinders?
0: Well, you know, the old adage, um, uh, starve a fire, feed a fever. (laughs) Yeah, I must have misheard that one. The amount of oxygen to keep it going, but not spreading. Huh. And chemicals, of course, that prevent, uh, or did your computers catch on fire? I dropped the
1: remote. Oh, my I computer gets very hot, though. I mean, I'm sweating quite a bit. So we'll be careful,
0: because <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> this. And I would say the hardest part has been not the heat so much, but that if um, it's really just uh, made it hard to click mouse and hit the record on um podcast. And if you see me on the internet, it's usually been from my phone. Oh, because okay. can't do even those uh that high intensity spray blast you put in the keyboard to knock dust out. Because Joe, that bottle lights up completely the fire goes right up the wow. uh, spigot and all that it's pretty much like a bomb and so the bomb goes off and then another shelf on the desk on fire now there's two fires so huh. but i did put out the fire just now and um another reason i haven't been doing the show is that i have not liked anything so i didn't feel like talking about it thought there's enough of that. Probably. And, that, and the other thing is, remember, you and I did a good five to seven shows. Me on uh, two of them, I think, and you on ten or twenty of them. It felt that way, yes. And that felt like a good closing, just like what more needs to be said, you know? We did do a lot on the,
1: the current state, of, mm-hmm. um, or at the time, post-WrestleMania and our our bafflement of said product. But uh, it, it is good to be back and discussing. I do... I've gone back, i listened to old shows, Matt Feuerstein, whatever happened to him, uh, his old shows and whatnot, to get, uh, to get my fix, as
0: they say. Mm, I think that's a Torch podcast, right?
1: <laughs> I believe so. Huh. When T-Mart. i worked with
0: him on this, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, the last show was uh, with me, <laughs> discussing TLC, which I re-listened to, and we discussed how the theory of Triple H winning the Royal Rumble and going on to Challenge for the Belt... At WrestleMania, which is just a bridge too far in a nightmare-smart scenario, which uh, right. thankfully he not only won the Royal Rumble. He won the title then as well and defended it at, uh, at WrestleMania. So there you
0: go. And it all got over huge from <laughs> yeah, that. Oh. Yeah. The fun thing about putting the old saddle back on for one more rodeo here is um, not only the show I left off on that killed my will to keep recording – that was when um, Reigns won the title from uh, Roman Reigns, his full name, uh, won the title from Sheamus on Raw. Uh, and Vince McMahon uh, willed his decrepit body for one more <laughs> evening. He also put the saddle back on for one more radio radio rodeo of uh, Mr. McMahon antics. McMantics, Joe, I'm on fire wow. right now. It's like you never um, left. <laughs> and uh, did everything in his. Uh, the crap abilities to get brains cheered for one. What? That's right. You know. Okay. Kiss my ass club. All right. All Fair enough. And so it was kind of like a concession on that show. Like, who knows, but this happened. And the glory in heaven above from the celestial skies is that that was the aberration, the exception that proved the rule. Everyone still hates that dickhead and everything he did failed. <laughs> and where we're taping right now is... Now, remind, yeah, it was also two years ago, last July, last, last July 2014, uh, right after that Money in the Bank show you went to where Reigns started his singles push, and um, we were like, hey, is this going to work? And <laughs> said some prophetic things. If anything, we hedged too much and gave them too much credit that I think that the instinct was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but maybe if they play their cards real right, and instead they played them Real wrong. Yeah,
1: it went poorly. You forgot, in fact, of him uh, not getting over. He also failed a drug test and was suspended and got fat in the <laughs> off time. So, uh,
0: that is why this is a celebratory show. <laughs> and I want to call it the, the end of phase two of our Cubs fan cinematic universe, which began with the rains push and then at least in this podcast feed, only discussed Roman Reigns-related matters for those two years, and a lot of angst and a lot of antipathy and a lot of, hey, why is this allowed to be happening? Stop it. And I know <laughs> that surely this is not the end, but I want to at least call it a major uh, accomplishment and a secession of uh, combat operations. And I'm calling it. I'm saying I won <laughs>
1: As you said, in one versus all, all one.
0: Hooray. Now for, now, for the record, I, yeah. I
1: I like Roman Reigns as a wrestler. I think he has good matches more often than not. I just find it so fascinating. <laughs> They're just so determined. Like, they just won't give up. And it, Actually, I, I say that it appeared that way, but it appears he's being phased back, which, uh, depending where they go, this, this could benefit him greatly. If he just takes a break and he fights Chris Jericho or something, I think... I don't think people would be that upset
0: with him. I think hedging on this again would be giving it too much optimism or pessimism, depending on your perspective, because I I agree with you. I think that's the new idea is that uh, now Reigns is being like quote unquote punished and quote unquote held down and quote unquote buried. And people are going to think like, oh, they're making him lose. And now they're mad at him and now he's in trouble. So we don't have to consider him like the favored child anymore in the teacher's pet. But I think that these uh, these blood ties have been just sewn, and they're irrevocable. And if the Roman Reigns character... Remember how uh, Cena lost to The Rock, and they pretended retroactively that it was the worst year of his career afterwards? He
1: got divorced, yes, because he got pinned by The Rock.
0: Almost certainly, yes. yes. Well, I, I believe the intention here as it stands right now, is that this is going to be part of the story of how Roman Reigns fucked up so bad and then his life turned upside down and so much turmoil for him. But then he bravely started winning again and doing Superman punches and won the Royal Rumble and now <laughs> everyone accepts him. And based on precedent, I'm almost sure that'll work perfectly. So
1: Now, would you just have him... Uh, the, the theory's been flowing around is that he comes out, he costs Finn Balor the match at SummerSlam, he aligns with the uh, Rollins and uh, finally does the, the heel turn, and then you can either if fans begin to uh, cheer for him, maybe you give it another go, if not, maybe you just turn Seth uh, into a good guy and, and proceed from there
0: Anything that gets him turned heel is the correct answer The shame of it though is there's been so many points in the last couple years where he should have done a double turn with somebody and didn't mm. Um, but I think people resent him so much that whenever it happens, it's still going to be like, okay, yes, we do hate you. Um, so with the idea that he aligns with Rollins, maybe it's you spoiled Rollins already by bringing him back and making him such a, like, I'm definitely a, he, a, <laughs> I hate <you." laughs> Yeah. So the opportunity to turn him face, uh, you know they, they sacrificed all the momentum for that as they did with perhaps any momentum for Dean Ambrose as a babyface world champion yeah. over those last two years but I think just getting them flipped would be the thing to do um, but if they, they want to put them together as a heel group you know please be my guest I just think uh, you know if it hasn't happened by now surely we're going to get like sad Roman and you got a feel for Roman Reigns who <laughs> let everybody down and is a real loser isn't that unfortunate apparently well, um, I just wanted to you know because this is the only thing we talk about and it has been the only thing we talked about today, say that the two- year Odyssey um, is not over, but for now, I think yeah, he can <laughs> he can uh, shut up and uh, this is all very funny and fitting and uh, it feels cathartic because he to me is the only heel in the company. And he has accumulated so much heat over the last two <laughs> years that this is a, a very necessary blow-off. It is a blow-off of a two-year story that it, the NWO, for instance, never had. So, yes. at least this this minor respite is uh, is really fun. Cool. Anyway, so what forced me out of bed, I've been in bed this whole time too, uh, clinical WWE depression. I haven't liked it, Joe. It's been bad. rains. they're allowed to be winning all of the time having belt and um then it all stopped and they said we're gonna do a big new thing and as luck would have it you were going to the draft Burr, oh, as cold as the cold <laughs> open
1: do you remember when uh on a, on a prior draft when deuce and domino were scared they would be sent to korea as a result of the draft which <laughs> gave me many questions in my mind like as if did they think the Korean War was still going on? Were they time travelers from another era? Which seemed the most logical, given the the situation. I don't know.
0: Well, how did MASH work, Joe? <laughs> MASH was set in the Korean War, but it was about Vietnam time?
1: Essentially, yes. Although it went far past the, uh, the television show, at least, went far past the uh, ceasefire.
0: Oh, bring them home. Yeah um so what it was oh eight so maybe that's what they were talking about korea is an allegory for Afghanistan the surge <laughs> I,
1: I guess <laughs> they, afraid they would be sent to maybe it was like a tribute to the troops thing
0: oh yeah that would be they'd love to show up in korea <laughs> <and have> time traveling <laughs> Deuce and domino do uh, one of those Bob Hope shows. <laughs> USO show. You know who they'd really prefer to see, though, is uh, a dame like Cherry. Absolutely. Imagine if she showed up in uh, Korean War. <laughs>
1: what a thing that would occur.
0: Yeah. Should they. You know what, though? They were all dressed for the time, though, so maybe it wouldn't be that jarring.
1: Yeah, maybe it wouldn't be that weird.
0: Boy. Well, we've landed on something important, I think. Um, but... Uh, no, to answer your question, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
1: So yes, I did attend the uh, the draft. It was um, just happened, it wasn't like, oh, a draft, I'm going to get a ticket. The The situation is, I, I work down the street from the DCU center where this was held, so it's not a problem to get to the show, or I already have parking, so it's never... And I can walk to the box office and just buy a ticket and not pay exorbitant ticket master fees. So I was have no reason as boring as smackdown has been i knew the show before the brand split i thought well it's always live wrestling it's not terribly expensive it's right nearby i should go and then hey it's going to be the draft this will be a newsworthy show and i was actually unsure of how the experience would be if it would (laughs) just be people announcing names and then insignificant matches which is essentially what it was so (laughs) there you go
0: so, very brave of you, and I commend you for betting on yourself and winning because you're the opposite of me. Because I knew they were in Pittsburgh, then I forgot they were in Pittsburgh and did not consider going for historical and research purposes for this episode. Wouldn't that have been smart if we'd just each gone to one of those shows?
1: I, so I, that's what I had expected now is it why uh, didn't
0: you remind me I, I thought you
1: knew you live in pittsburgh uh, yes. or, or, or around pittsburgh is it uh, a pain to get to shows and uh, from where you're at because if there's a show in boston unless it's a pay-per-view uh hand wave that because it's a, a well, pain to get into boston
0: well, it's literally eight or nine minutes from here <laughs> <laughs> uh. it truly and this is the honest to god's truth bro Slipped my mind. And then the draft was uh I mean not to paint your story in a negative light as it's about to happen, but so uninspiring to me that I was not like, Oh yeah, that. I need to go to that. Uh and I and I didn't. And that ended up being a miscalculation. It's you know, just the consensus best raw in uh a little over <laughs> two years. So
1: were the exciting <laughs> Raw, a couple minutes from your house. Were you watching and then like you saw like Pittsburgh Penguins was in the front row? You're like, How's yeah. why are they there? They're like, oh.
0: I I was. And um it was kinda like not up until the show started. I was like, Oh right, Pittsburgh. Here, this surrounding area. <laughs> uh what do you know? <laughs> indeed? And uh so it was the hashtag new era, but just the hashtag new era. I wasn't like, eh, I need to go with that. But then as the show progressed, I was like, oh, this would have been interesting if I'd remembered <laughs> up until the minute before it happened, it was happening. And then... It's
1: three hours. You could have still caught uh, at least two and a half hours of the show.
0: Yeah, I maybe I should have. I don't know what point, though. It wasn't really until the um, really kind reaction to the... Um, I won't say like the whole Sasha Banks-Charlotte match because they, I believe, were chanting CM Punk at the beginning of it, which is just rude. Mm-hmm. Maybe just like you're searching for something to do and you're like, hey, what can I do? It, say CM Punk, sure.
1: It was funny. I was watching uh, an old match from CM Punk and you hear the crowd chant CM Punk and it's like, oh, this is not <laughs> this is not an exclamation of boredom or derision for the for direction of the current product. It's actual an enthusiastic chant for someone in a match.
0: That's so strange, yes. taking it
1: back. It is. That's the the weird legacy of CM Punk.
0: (laughs) And and so, you know, uh, that match didn't end, I think, until after 10 o'clock. And then I was like, oh, I've made a huge mistake and an error and a bad broadcasting decision and a, a poor reflection on this journalism. So... I apologize again. My tenth apology.
1: Well, to be fair, I was like, "Man, New Era Raw, great!" And then at eight thirty, it's like, "Oh, there's two and a half hours left." Plus, uh, Battleground was a six-hour show, and I was up too goddamn ways Like, have mercy! <laughs> I expect people, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you ever feel like these traditional pay-per-views? Like, ah, I just needed another half hour. Don't really. Okay. When they're
0: running up against the clock. At 11 o'clock, I'm like, oh, man, come on. I would like to keep this going past the local news.
1: <laughs> when they, uh, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, two matches left. They'll they're 10 o'clock, they'll end uh, right at 11. Sweet. And then it's like, oh, I forgot about the highlight reel show. That's, that's too bad. That's a pity.
0: It seemed to have gone both ways because there were a while when they seemed like they were really not wanting to go feed the meter and would end those shows at like <laughs> 10 40 and just be like, Cena wins later.
1: You know, that never, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, you know, the extra 10 minutes or so, it's like, yes, 10 minutes. I can get more sleep. But now, you know, it's 1120. It's like, Oh God, you know, I got to be up in six, seven hours. I still have to get to bed. You're amped after an exciting pay-per-view so you can't fall asleep right away
0: or despondent or just possibly that, despondent. Yes. It can also detrimentally affect your sleep cycle.
1: You stare at the ceiling. What you're doing with life?
0: Um, now, so WrestleMania went until one, two in the morning, as I remember. <laughs> and, uh, but that was WrestleMania, so it was like, well, maybe you guys were, uh, you know, a little excessive there, but you were excited, and <laughs> it was a big sure the rock a big day for
1: all. The of The rock you. had a flamethrower. You can, you know, You, <laughs> you got to push that out.
0: And then last month they are going to shoot a surprise angle at the end of the show, and there was maybe some thought that they wanted to time it for after the uh, you know most anticipated <laughs> basketball game in 20 years ended. Right.
1: They actually they counter-programmed <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Rusev Titus, get the fuck out there now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the importance of counter-programming with an on-demand service
1: is <laughs> paramount. vital.
0: Any TED Talk will tell you. <laughs>
1: Anyone? Right, yeah. Everyone mentions it, huh?
0: It usually comes up. It's one of the bullet points up there. man in a headset and a sweater will at some point say, if you've got a streaming on-demand service, you're going to want to counter-program <laughs> with live sports. <laughs> Otherwise, someone might not see your thing. Yes. Not Bojack Horseman uh, new season, of course, just came out, and uh, they timed it perfectly to not go up against, um, I think, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. <laughs> uh, anyway, so short story, short story long, they uh why month... <laughs> this month happens. Show ends at you know twelve fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that does. Half past the witching hour, and it's become clear that these shows are ending late just because they can't be arsed, as my Irish friends say, to end the show on time, so we're like, yeah, just go. And when it ends, it ends. We'll put on, you know, something I don't know what they do to recalibrate the live stream to an hourly basis and well they must just run those dumb or smart. I've never actually watched them. Little featurettes where it's like Triple H complaining about Mark Jindrak <laughs> for thirty-five minutes, and then you've reset it to the uh, hourly mark. Right?
1: So here, here we go. Commercials just replayed ten or twelve times, or however many you need.
0: Yes, I love to see all those people ride along.
1: That's right. Oh, swerve, gotcha. Let's Big show, together. all in gold. You've been swerved.
0: Oh, can you believe it? I saw like f- fragments, precious seconds of Vince McMahon doing his. Uh, unusual character work and funny voice and uh if it if i knew how to negotiate through like three or four menus to get to that (laughs) and then fast forward to the exact point that happened i would but uh that seems like a lot if someone put it right in front of me i'd love to see it vince mcmahon being a guy do you see he's in like get away or something and it sounds like i'm just doing a vince mcmahon impression but i'm doing an impression of vince mcmahon doing a character where he's talking in a weird voice
1: That's another one to add to the the repertoire, along with Bray Wyatt.
0: Well, do you know this famous line, Reed? Tell me if you are familiar with this. (laughs) How's it go? Wait. A bra! I can't wear that, probably. (laughs) Very well done. That's an iconic line at this point. I think so. Uh, Interest waiting, Joe. Please tell me all the exciting things. Now, the er of it, to me... I was trying to, in uh, a very long-winded way, say the a- extra guilt then was that the show I skipped was a lot more entertaining than the show you went to, which most people were like, oh gosh, we were all pointing towards this for a long while, and then they just did it in the sort of half-assed, formulaic WWE way. Here are the rules. They're going to get their goddamn t-shirts. That was an unintentional reference to the podcast you talking you two to me, which uh, I know you have no time for. With your heavy podcast schedule. But um, why did you tell the listenership all of your hopes and dreams and then what was it like being there?
1: Uh, it was, I mean, you would hope that like they would announce a name and like someone comes out. And when they announced the name like Finn Balor and people crazy like, yay, Finn Balor. And then, nope, it just <laughs> doesn't show up like, oh, well, on to the next pick. It felt a little, a little diminished. It would have been nice to, to have people present there. I often wonder, I know why they did it, because they figured it would get good ratings, and it did, but if this wouldn't be better served as some sort of network special where you can just have, like, you know, periodic updates and, you know, people in a room and live reactions and, like, trades and maybe, like, deals, like, well, we'll have the cruiserweights on Raw and then, you know, women on SmackDown, or we're going to do, you know, put plans or excitement or say, I'm talking to a hot free agent and, you know, I'm talking to people from NXT, if it wouldn't be better served that way, but... Such is not the, the nature of the television beast. Uh I felt bad because everybody kept I felt bad for Foley because he kept having to go like back and forth. Because you know they'd announce names to be done, and then go backstage and then have to come back out again. And I hope
0: oh, he's, he's hobbling doing around. Doing that hobble.
1: Yeah, which I felt somewhat bad for. Mm. But uh I mean I did appreciate the excitement of uh, you know, American Alpha or Finn Balor getting Big recognition from the crowd and, and realizing they've been called up and this is this is a cool thing that was uh that was very neat and some of the the picks were just uh somewhat baffling I don't hmm. <laughs> I mean on the surface it's ridiculous that uh mojo Raleigh gets called up while say Shinsuke Nakamura just uh, hangs out down in developmental but uh, I mean at, at the point you know if you've been there three years it's about time to sink or swim and uh, you know if he can gain some traction. Great. He's probably not going to get any better at just being in developmental. May as well send him on the road, see what happens. So that, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, you know, people were Baron Corbin being picked so high, people were openly laughing in the crowd at that. <laughs> and it did have the wonderful moment where Mick Foley's like, All right, we're going to draft a woman from NXT. Everyone's like buzzing, like, It's Bailey's turn. And he's like, Nia Jax. And then you could just hear a big balloon deflate for a, like a minute straight, which was uh, an enjoyable moment.
0: I guess every single person in the world has pointed out the obvious thing that if they just said that the champions and the contenders at TakeOver can't be drafted, that feels every logical, doesn't it? I mean, aside from Mojo getting picked himself, but even then you could explain, it like, they're taking a risk on a guy they see potential in. Sure. And then it's like, yeah, they picked him, sure. Yeah, and then... On the surface, it's, like, not correct that he would be drafted over <laughs> Austin Aries, but, yes. it, like, in the reality of the show they're all just wrestlers and some of them win and some of them lose so it's like yeah this guy come out and hit people and win and then we'd have him he's good yeah i mean him coming up it almost seems like with nxt there is the idea with an adam rose or an ascension or him that you can't get cut from nxt you're allowed to come (laughs) and have like fantasy camp on the main (laughs) roster for a while indeed because if they were cut, then it would mean NXT didn't work, and that's preposterous, right? That yeah, will never be the case. They're just churning out an assembly line of all great people. So,
1: <laughs> I do, I do want to talk about a main event which was taped before SmackDown, in which
0: this is actually the most important thing you wanted to talk I about.
1: Like, I was just amazed—twenty wrestlers competed on this main event, and I was like, were that many at WrestleMania? Sands the Battle Royal,
0: uh, I. What happened? I don't even know what happened at the main event well, because... let me tell you.
1: Yeah, file a report. Well, first of all, in a, in a, a dark match, um, Neville beat uh, Curtis Axel, and it was... You know...
0: Oh, a dry run. <laughs>
1: yeah, very... This got a much better reaction being the first uh, match of the night. And it was funny because Neville, you know, he's... Curtis Axel's down, Neville takes his time going up top, and Bo Dallas and Heath Slater just standing outside looking up. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, do something, you know? Why don't you distract the draft? The other pushes them off. It was like they had, they had realized their fate and just kind of given up, realizing the the draft would undo likely their uh, their relationship. So just kind of threw in the towel, and uh, that proved to be true.
0: It sounds like they need you as their bomb one, right, <laughs> to teach them strategies.
1: <laughs> I do the backlund and stare quite a bit in my daily uh, my daily life. So.
0: And they put you in charge of social outcasts franchise once you turn things around they've dropped in like a bunch of matches joe like a bunch (laughs) of matches uh would you want them to focus more or less on stopping in the middle of matches to do the bow train
1: uh i would keep that going that seems a winner
0: is good for their brand i think so they
1: did it during uh during this match (laughs) so they showed nice team solidarity to start and then just kind of gave up by the end
0: was it Undercut in any way, or did they just do no, it?
1: No, they just did it and stopped, and then uh, the match resumed.
0: There was a, a great gif I saw. I only saw the gif, but I must have also been on Main Event. It was the opposite of Undercut. It was Uppercut, where Cesaro like, hunted down the bow train like a predator. Did you see this? I haven't seen this, no. He picked them off at each corner, and they didn't know because they were, you know, <laughs> sure. happy and focused and... And then it got to just the last one. It was very, um, um, are there racist origins of the Five Little Indians thing? Is that that probably can't be a good reference I, to make. But likely that, not. It was a, a real attrition and uh, the um, hunter hunted became the hunter or something like sure. that. That's a Paul Levesque pun somehow. I didn't figure it out in time. Anyway, it was cool. Uh, who else wrestled on main event?
1: Uh, well, we opened with a six-man tag of uh, Golden Truth and uh, Apollo Crews against the Dudleys and Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, being a lone wolf, not a good partner. So I don't know who set this match up. But he refused to tag at the end, allowing Devon to be pinned by Apollo Crews.
0: Bad news, Baron? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then we moved on to uh, Kalisto beating <laughs> one of the Ascension. It was one of them. The other one was out there. Yeah, you know, I was. Uh, the Ascension have a pretty intricate entrance, a uh, Titantron video. Well, I don't believe that's the term anymore, but their new entrance video. And uh, I often wonder why has there been no explanation as to <laughs> what these men exactly are. They're, are they immortal vampires of some sort? Uh,
0: it potentially has something to do with the wasteland. <laughs>
1: But to be fair, I don't think the Road Warriors or Demolition ever got an elaborate backstory. You just kind of accepted them as big dudes in face pain who, uh, in the case of the Road Warriors and Demolition, uh, kicked ass and won a lot. And in terms of the Ascension, just uh, did not win much. So.
0: Yeah, on some level, I guess the Road Warriors were just like a couple of ass beaters from the streets of Chicago. But Demolition really were like some kind of monsters. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true, they were from like Chicago, and you know.
0: Uh huh. Demolition, for I believe it was from parts unknown, right? Sounds right. So they were just like creatures of devastation, and Pain and Destruction was their middle name. <laughs>
1: it's, yes. For their song, that's true.
0: Right. Their first names were their names, Pain and Destruction were respectively their middle names, and then I guess their last name was just Demolition, right?
1: <laughs> i suppose but um
0: smash destruction demolition was his full name yeah i guess so so ascension essentially does not win
1: it's just it's just so funny like you know these two huge uh huge men like you know large man on the inside one on the outside and they cannot defeat the small man
0: Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about like his integrity. <laughs> no, no, that's, I cannot. Speak to <laughs> He's that. large on the inside and outside. Yes, there are two <laughs> men. So, so, and Scene Car was not there because they had already decided.
1: He already beat up. Uh, what's his face? Um.
0: Oh yeah! Right, right, he had right, to right, Fight right. over
1: politics and catering, I believe.
0: Tensions ran high.
1: <laughs> oh goodness.
0: Del Rio and uh. Hunico both uh, like the shoot champions of Katerin, right?
1: I suppose so
0: if I'm Del Rio <laughs> I start warming up again and start seeing who I want to go out with this time that's Which true those pieces of shit <laughs> want to feel his fury on the way out this time because there's got to be plenty of great targets
1: I don't doubt it
0: ah uh, ah uh, uh, uh. Anyway, so let's see. It counts, I've, let me keep a running tally. You're talking about competitors or appearances?
1: Uh, competitors.
0: So we are at eight ten. Yes. Right. Yes.
1: Okay. And then, uh, no. At
0: Getting 8. all these people on the outside, the uh, the main event payday That's too. True, Thank yes. God.
1: We're at eight. We're at.
0: No, because oh, Neville was a dark match. That was Excuse a dark me. Match, Yes. Okay, continue.
1: So we're at eight. Uh, then we had. Another tag match as uh, Breezango fell to the mighty might of um, Mark Henry and Jack Swagger, a team that may already be uh, done for, because I believe Jack Swagger teamed with, was it um, Titus O'Neil? You could tell me if you had actually attended that raw taping. Damn
0: it. Wouldn't this be just a prudent time for me to pipe in with that information? What are you going to do? I can tell you the dark match. (laughs) Sure. It was, uh, Raw brand superstars, uh, John Cena and Dean Ambrose versus, um, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. <laughs> That's very odd. And it was originally advertised as a six man tag with Roman Reigns on the face team. But a friend of mine, and this is true, a correspondent, <laughs> informed me that Reigns, though advertised for the Dark main event, just sadly walked away at the end of Raw and never <laughs> returned. <laughs> Presumably with the Peanuts, uh, sad Christmas time is here music playing. Or well, the end of the whole so, theme
1: he, as he wanders yes, to the next town.
0: Mm-hmm. But my uh, favorite, yeah, uh, my favorite
1: dark match experience ever was um, if I remember correctly, it was Batista and Bobby Lashley against Booker T and David Finley after a SmackDown slash ECW taping. And they are having this match and the crowd is just filing out in record numbers. So <laughs> Bobby Lashley was uh, getting beaten on and Booker just says, fuck it as Lashley spear him and pin him just so they get yeah. out of there. Be like, oh, see ya. <laughs> Not even that hot tag.
0: <laughs> and then I'm sure like someone had a big Undertaker's 400th rib gigantic cake plant. And they were waiting at Gorilla. And, uh, we're going to do like a 45-minute post-show thing <laughs> where they make people do spinners And then sadly walked away through the cake in the garbage. Because King Booker ended it and wasted it.
1: So, back to main event. Uh, our final match of the night was an eight-man tag featuring the shooting stars uh, Alberto Del Rio and Sheamus against the Usos. Uh, oh, I'm blanking. <laughs> Crap, who was
0: it? Radio edit. Um, I made Joe try to remember without looking it up. And he tried for four straight minutes and couldn't. And we'll skip to the end uh, of that. Do you think it was potentially um, the primetime show offs, a.k.a. the team of Dolph Ziggler and Titus O'Neil? Huh. It's
1: possible? <laughs> this is <laughs> I'm a terrible witness. I apologize for the. I thought this was so well ingrained in my, uh, my memory. No, we, we may literally never know unless I pull up the network
0: I and this is what the internet is telling me so the fact that you don't believe me is, is oh, it's, <laughs> Once you're, uh... if that's what it's, I mean that sounds right
1: yeah yeah okay all right great so uh, yeah that makes 20
0: you're telling me you don't remember like a for sure a furious series of stinger splash by Dolph Ziggler in that match no on four guys? That's what I'd do if I were all of them.
1: No, no, they didn't do that. Hmm. That's too bad. That'd be a good spot.
0: Yeah, but how can I be sure that he didn't? And he <laughs> I, I know like I'm a... Zoning out. Oh, it's not even up on the network
1: yet. Well, I'll take your word for it. It does. The Dolph, Dolphin Titus does seem uh, fairly right.
0: All you have to do is go to www. YouTube.com slash watch question mark V equals capital S six capital Z capital N lowercase W capital J capital V one, the numeral lowercase O A W. Cool. All right. 20 guys. Wow.
1: So uh, as we were recording this, we saw a bit of Smackdown. I have it ongoing in the background. Are you... Excited for the idea of a brand split? Do you think it will have a minimal effect on the quality of the company?
0: I came out of the uh, draft show thinking this is alarming and it might rapidly speed up what had already been a significant decline. Um, As we record this, we started one quarter of the way into SmackDown. It seems like maybe there will be some cool things, Um, but we still haven't seen the ratings for Raw yet. So who knows? I believe um, we
1: have, actually. I believe the average... Huh? They, By what sorcery? I started on Twitter. I believe they averaged 3.3 3 million viewers. Like, can I, I? That sounds good, at least.
0: Oh, yeah. There was a headline that was like, interest up. Yes. Okay. I think my main
1: concern is what they're going to do with the titles. Because they already announced the Universal Champion, which I don't... I, I suppose I don't care much for. I think two sets of tag belts is really poor decision-making as well as a second divas or women's title. These, uh, just having someone, uh, I'd heard someone discuss the idea of women's tag titles on SmackDown, which granted there are six women, so you would cycle through feuds, (laughs) but it is something different at least. You would get the women on both shows and it's something different and not, you know, another dumb title.
0: That is a good idea. It had never occurred to me until you just brought it up. Now uh, is that like a rumored concept, or was someone just like, "Hey, if you don't want it to be dumb, try this," but you probably won't.
1: <laughs> I believe the latter. It was, uh, I believe, gotten from voices of wrestling. Is at least where I heard it. I don't know if that's where it originated, but that's a uh... you
0: hear voices. <laughs> so, um yeah, that would be something different. They, yeah, they should do that. Would you? Probably not, considering how they did it. I was thinking when Bailey did the one match, which is apparently not her call-up, that maybe the complication was that she was going to be the women's face of SmackDown and Sasha would be the women's face of Raw. But it almost seems like that would just be a waste because just let Becky figure it out yeah. on SmackDown and that's more than enough.
1: It would appear. But if you had a becky Bailey tag team, I think you'd have something there.
0: Right. Yep. Either way, it seems like a house divided against itself cannot stand. Not to imply that women belong in the house when they can be out <laughs> working for a living, but geez. When you got Carmella up, and uh, like I like Alexa Bliss a lot, but uh, as you said, six of them, one being Eva Marie. <laughs> yes.
1: Now, do you think we're going to get a, uh, a Push the Cruiserweights uh, campaign? I believe Raw, which was the, uh, was chosen as such.
0: I believe that we are, aren't we? Which is, Isn't that which, which is odd, because
1: you have Finn Balor challenging for the Universal title. But uh, I guess you can just decide, weight limits be damned, what, uh, what category you want to fit in.
0: Right. It's not about no limits, it's about <laughs> weight limits. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty weird, because one of the dividing concepts of the original Raw-Smackdown split was that Raw got the women's division and SmackDown got the cruiserweight division. Both of those, um, like quarantined branch, quarantined branches of competition, uh, and instead now it's like Raw is three hours and took two thirds of the guys, and has the women's championship, and will have all thirty-two guys in the cruiserweight class. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, they have that extra hour, so it's fair.
0: Right? Huh? What? I mean, I I turned off SmackDown at the point we started recording, but who knows what kind of way? Wack- well, Shelton Benjamin. So Shelton <laughs> Benjamin coming back, back also. also.
1: Drop a little spoiler, Rhino returned as well.
0: Holy shit.
1: It's pretty advantageous not to waste a draft pick and uh, just you know, pick these guys up off the street.
0: Remember that um, when they did... Because like everything after the first split, they did the first division of the shows with draft picks, and then there was like a free agency period where just anyone could leave. And they did that to try and fix their immediate mistakes. And everyone after that was the almost inexplicable lottery thing where they would just go, (laughs) Oh, can't believe it. Um, which I, I really, really hated. Um, it, if you can believe this makes WWE wrestlers seem less important and like random cogs in a machine. With not a lot of agency or star power when they just say tell me where to go okay i'm here i guess this is my existence now whatever when the history of wrestling prior to draft splits used to be like someone would go somewhere because they'd be like i want this belt or i want to beat up this person or this guy wronged me and i had to follow him so that we can have a, a feud match fight about uh-huh. And instead it was just like boggada <laughs> ooh, give me that t-shirt. I got SmackDown Pride in bunches now.
1: Uh,
0: never mind the land of extreme Joey style. Uh, so um there's a lot of new car smell to that Monday, and I still believe it was uh like the best Raw since the night after Mania 30, and Very interested in the directions coming out of it. Pleased. But um, no long-term hopes of anything good really happening. I don't know where you stand.
1: This could all go (laughs) down pretty quick. I mean, I don't know. I just think you're going to get a boost right now. People are curious. Are people just going to keep, you know, is this going to add to viewership? I don't know. I don't think so. It's just, I mean, the first time they did the brand split, the impetus was, Hey there's no competition anymore. Let's create our own. And in this case it's <laughs> this year it's like well we don't know what to do with Smackdown so we'll split the brands and uh, split the brands and make it more interesting.
0: Oh, a Freudian slip, Joe. <laughs> the uh, the other thing that which in 2001 when they first announced these plans made Vince McMahon seem like a smart prudent guy who understood <laughs> what it was like to be a wrestling promoter was um You like double the shelf life of your important guys by only having them appear on TV once a week, which stands in stark contrast to the gluttony of product they're putting out now where it's just like, yeah, we're the machine. Feed these people their slop. They want more, more, more. (laughs) So like, can you really um, burn out the star power of putting these people on two shows a week when raw is an endless whirlpool of uh nightmare angst which will not cease never stopping always 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 happening show that continues and then just when it's over somehow (laughs) by nightmare logic next week's raw is already beginning (laughs) with the end of uh ncis isn't that a strange feeling raw ends with the overrun and then i blink for a second and then ncis is ending again and the girl with dark hair and bangs is like hey gibbs we got them. And then the credits. And then Raw is starting again. It's another three hours. Stop. What is happening? Um, so when you're putting out, like, a Raw no one cares about, a SmackDown that no one cares about, including the people who make it, and you only have one, like, active transcendental star in Cena who is winding down, you don't need to divide them in half because no one has, like, star power to preserve. Wow.
1: Well quite speech to (laughs) uh
0: never minding i think um there was a big groan that went out when they announced the rules for raw there was some sort of logic to like the three to two thing but just the way raw's um quality and quantity of people they picked dwarfed smackdown (laughs) immediately made smackdown like exactly what it was supposed to not be
1: SmackDown appeared more top-heavy in terms of, like, who the top four guys are. I mean, they had Cena, Orton, uh, the champion, and Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles, and you can put Bray Wyatt on the next tier if you so desire. So that's good. But then it drops off pretty severely after that.
0: Just now, I mean, Raw puts um, two four-ways together that were loaded with... Now, Sheamus was in there, but still... Um, And seemed like they had a little room to spare. Um, Didn't use Rollins in it among a a few other guys um, who they might want to get up and running. Whereas SmackDown, at the beginning of the show when he announced a six pack without Ambrose and Orton in it. And I couldn't figure out like beyond three guys who was going to be in it. Um, And then as it turned out, it was Dolph who I know people see their own shortcomings in his failures and have turned (laughs) against him. I think is the psychology behind that where it's like, fuck you, you failed you represent the failure in all of us I resent you for that and also your tweets are kind of annoying um, so I I hope they do something with Dolph but geez, he hasn't mattered since uh, I don't know, that Survivor series where he won accidentally and he, that came after a long period of not mattering, we're a long way from you know the night after Mania 29, right?
1: Yeah, that was a couple lifetimes ago
0: so, And then the, the last two guys in the match end up being Corbin and Cruz, which is like, those are your five and six guys or seven and eight guys if you include uh, Dean and Randy. Like, jeez. Um, but I feel the other drawback is you by splitting them in half and having to fill this time, the thought process is it forces their hand to get guys over, but their Hand has been forced for years to get guys over to fill their uh three hour RAWs and their uh, increased diminishing of talent on top of people besides Cena, especially as your punks and Daniel Bryan's have uh you know disappeared and they haven't like lifted a finger to do anything with anyone but rain. So, RAW that just happened yesterday stands in stark contrast to what my assumption is, but my assumption is. WWE is going to continue continue to leave everyone slotted exactly where they are and not give anyone any upward mobility except for their usual half-hearted thing, and then just continue to run two shows with the divided <laughs> rosters. So I'd love to be wrong.
1: I suppose so. Although with Cena winding down, you would think if anything would force their hand, it would be that. I mean, he's not he's not doing house shows. You know, he's limited schedule. He's hosted the Today Show. Do they gotta do something.
0: Giving out those uh, what's a Sports Center award called?
1: Oh, right. oh, the sponsor's not gonna like that.
0: Shit. <laughs> I'm gonna make goods. <laughs> I was like, it's named after something. <laughs> oh,
1: right. All those
0: <laughs> See, um, they should call them the ESPYS.coms, and then they'd be so much more potent. I think. Um, that was the other thing. So. Maybe I need to turn my friend upside down and believe in things a little bit more after what happened on Raw because my talking point for so long and I was famously browbeaten on my uh, paywall Alan Forel, Dr. Keith Presents show. This happened uh, two days before the Money in the Bank pay-per-view when he said, hey, you boy, you there. Make good use of this time as I deign to allow you to profess these things i'm alan motherfucking Cunahan, the big boss so <clears throat> well i refresh my beverage why don't you go ahead and uh, tell the people some pie in the sky concept for you to do with money in the bank and so then i with my hat in my hand said w- 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 well sir if it's if it's <clears throat> if it pleases the, all the good nice people and, and you my important boss want maybe would it be okay here's the, i mean it won't It's not going to happen, but if I was allowed to let it be thought about for a second, maybe what I would do is have uh, uh, the wrestler Dean Ambrose, the lunatic French, he could win the briefcase and then he could come out and win the title at the end of the show and Reigns wouldn't have the title, Ambrose would, would have the title and people might be happy. And he said, ha, 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 don't be ridiculous. Why? This is but the trifling of a fool. Be gone, boy, be gone. And then he shunned me away. And then he sat atop his throne and laughed at me. And then what happened was uh, Ambrose won at the end of the show. And I was like, yay.
1: Yes, you. Uh, like I said, you fought the good fight on that Alan Cunahan show. Alan throwing his support behind uh, a <laughs> reprobate like Roman Reigns.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: A jam of guy like Bobby Roode, that wouldn't happen to him. <laughs> It was, you know, it was, Dean won and everyone cheered, and I'm like, "Huh? How about that?
0: Fancy <laughs> that, you know? This can happen." What world are we living in? It's Joe? a, it's a
1: crazy, brave new world. I believe that was the so, what that book was about.
0: That sure is.
1: <laughs> it's been a while since I read it. Also, breaking news: uh, Would you like to know the winner of the six-pack challenge to challenge mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose?
0: No, thank you.
1: Oh, you don't want to
0: know? I mean, I assume it's Bray, but I'll watch the show to find out. Can I tell
1: you you are wrong?
0: Whoa! I just,
1: I just feel in this case, given prior discussions, we should I should mention it.
0: All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn on the television with the show has been playing. And I'm going to see who's celebrating in the ring. Is that what will happen if I turn on my TV right now? Uh, they're doing the replay, but you, you'll get the point. All right, hang on one second. <clears throat> just, just a remote control, and then you just put on the TV. And so the person is, um, but it's annoying. Here it is. Oh, HDMI one. There's Morrow. Oh man. Attention, building. No way. ha huh. Well, that'll make a hot opener at Summerslam. <laughs> Man, I'll be damned. I'm happy about that. For one, uh, Ambrose and Wyatt happened a million times with often sad hologram-related outcomes.
1: (laughs) Exploding televisions.
0: So, uh, yeah. This is very Shades of uh, When Christian was the number one contender at SummerSlam 2013 against Del Rio. Mm. It's like, all right, well, I'll have a good match. Will probably win. Uh, Dolph
1: did cut. They were doing these little, not quite insets, but everyone in the in the six pack challenge got to cut a little impassioned promo throughout the show. And Dolph was talking about how he, you know, he had lost his way, and but tonight he's gonna walk out the champ and challenge at SummerSlam. I'm like, you poor bastard, that's not gonna happen.
0: Oh, that that thing he says before (laughs) every match he has and loses.
1: Yes, but not this time, man. So we have. um, Rollins and Finn Balor and Dolph and Dean Ambrose as the title what? matches at the SummerSlam, trademark Bret Hart.
0: Boy, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around any of this. Mm,
1: this is surprising, but a welcome one.
0: And so I wonder if they will give Reigns a program on the show where Jericho is like, you're you're dumb, <laughs> you're, you're dumb, and a veteran like me will for sure get you cheered. Oh, I didn't? Huh. Can you believe that? <laughs> um... Or if part of the Roman Reigns punishment would be like, look at that, he was left off of SummerSlam, which I find pretty hard to believe, but you know, yeah. he doesn't have a, he, Jericho is the guy he pinned in the four-way, so, but it is Jericho, so, what's it matter? I suppose so. Repeatedly gets speared. What a strange everything. Yeah, what a strange new world. Gosh. Gosh.
1: Also, the, fa- the Furious Tokyo Drift now on the USA Network.
0: R.I.P.P.W. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were at the draft, and now look at all you have wrought and the possibilities thereof. Well, the reason I had you here, Joe, was one, out of obligation. I have to do so many shows or <laughs> else I go to jail. And the other was that you did uh, attend this thing. Is there anything else you feel compelled to talk about from actually being there that wasn't like completely undercut and made irrelevant <laughs> by the two shows since then no no
1: i mean you know if you go to a draft you, you know what you're in for it's uh people read names and uh, short matches some noteworthy stuff nothing on the list of uh, bucket list items it's uh i don't think it cracks the top 20 as far as wwe goes as far as life goes certainly not and that's about it
0: Phenomenal. Like that guy. Yeah. The wrestler. Pinned. Jerk. That is the the time where, yes, we have to all the upcoming projects and assorted uh, movies and red carpets that you're going to be at. Why don't you tell the people, uh, you know, your assorted uh, voices of wrestling podcast rundowns and whatever may occur to you, Joe, what do you want to tell the people about? Well, I'm
1: really excited to be on the Cubs fans podcast network. Uh, I know Matt Feuerstein's here. Do a thing with him. I'm going to do a good podcast thing. God damn it. (laughs) And scene.
0: Incredible uh, room work of moving away from the microphone. Yes, I moved it upwards. Which I know is a headset, (laughs) which means you had to take it off.
1: No, I just slid it upwards.
0: Oh... That's prudent. It was to it good effect. God damn it. Woo.
1: <laughs> I should have wooed.
0: Ah, well, well, we'll be happy to see you there. Now you're the, you, you've truly done it all in this business. Yep. Six shows in six days. Is that right? It's
1: five and five.
0: Five and five. And then this is the sixth one a little bit later. <laughs> Four months later, yes. Sorry about that. And uh, again, apologies to all the people I do see some sparks coming out of my keyboard again. I think the fire may be rekindling here, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to tape anything in the next little while (laughs) if this thing just because it looks like a real rager. So thanks, Joe, though, and uh, you could uh, keep going to more live events and forcing me to do this. The ball's in, in your court. I should have gone to that raw oops. Oh, you know what, though? There is a, a pay-per-view in uh, December coming to Pittsburgh and in your house, one of those, I think. Cool. So what if that? Oh, and then the shoe would be on the other foot of me going to the December pay-per-view and not you?
1: True, although Hell in a Cell is coming to Boston. Should that still remain uh, an event?
0: A real doubleheader. I've gotten in the habit of reminding myself to either not talk about this stuff at the end of the show or delete it. To coin an important uh, um, term in current wrestling parlance uh, Because I'll shoot angles (laughs) for future things That then I forget to uh, follow up on Like an annual May 19th show Like maybe giving someone a Money in the Bank contract Of uh, changing the topic of the show And all that stuff extends in perpetuity uh, Because of the fine print of, again, everything on fire here (laughs) I would have done it if it wasn't for... uh, The Intoxicating Burning Flames. So, make catch on fire again, and then, uh, when I'm on other people's shows, I do just plug it in and stand far away from the computer so I can talk into it and not get on fire and be recorded on other people's shows, including yours, which is what I did um, when we did all those shows a few months ago. You probably heard some crackle in the background of, those were the flames and the embers. So, anyway, Um, do you accept my apology, Joe, on behalf of yourself and the Cubs fan and everyone? And you can't say no. I can't stay mad at you. Oh, thank you. Well, then let me also, I know you've really struggled with this internally for the last two minutes of choking in such a big thing. You did make it a good podcast thing. God damn it, (laughs) Woo. (laughs) You have nothing to be ashamed of. Thanks. All right. So should we stop talking and go away? Probably.